Hey, this is Gerds Handel, and welcome to the Inner Light Project. This show is for anyone who's wanting to lead a happier, healthier, and enlightened life. Create more self-love, inject more joy and abundance into their daily life. Join me for inspiring interviews and spiritual topics so you can shine your inner light. Hello and welcome to the Inner Light Project. My name is Gerd Hundle and today I have a powerful guest with me who is empowering empaths to shine their inner light. This person is just a powerful soul. I see her as a soul sister and there is so much knowledge and wisdom this person has. She's just amazing at understanding empaths and really trusting the wisdom from within. Ashley DeFrenzi is a master channel and energy alchemist who is aligning people with their authentic self and soul mission. She's a fellow empath and believes that through confidence, personal power and self-value, we can thrive in the world. Hi, Ashley. I'm so grateful to have you on the show again. (laughs) Hi, I'm so happy to be back for another great conversation. Oh, bless you. I just really loved that conversation last time. And I know after we, we spoke after the show, we were like... There is so much more we can share. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, it's it's one of those things, isn't it, with empaths? Like when we meet a, a fellow empath, it's like, oh my god, you went through that. Oh my god, and you know, it's just there's so much wisdom that just I feel like needs to be shared even more. So that's why I thought let's do part two. Yeah. You know, I so I agree, and it really like I feel like you know, even though we both experienced it and you know, whoever's listening probably experiences similar things, but hearing somebody else talk about it, like there's this like feeling of like, oh wait, like this is normal or like that camaraderie or like, oh, I'm safe to have experienced this. And like, I can let go of the judgment behind that and actually lean into this part. Yeah. And it's like with everyone listening, like hearing our story, it kind of like confirms like, oh, I'm not going mad. Oh, it's not just me that hears the voices. (laughs) Yes, exactly. You are not going crazy. (laughs) (laughs) exactly um yeah I know last time we spoke about how you became an empowered empath and you spoke about your journey I'd love to share more about how you started listening to your inner voice (laughs) yes the story is like not a not a simple one um I am stubborn (laughs) (laughs) stubborn with my logical mind and I just did not want to give in to this thing that was not logical and like hard to like articulate uh so yeah that was a battle it was a battle to really trust what was going on and I fought it I fought it up until um well I should say every time I fought it my guides threw something else at me that was just like a little more extreme and a little bit more um hard to explain and so it got to like a breaking point and they're like oh well that you can you can create an excuse or a reasoning for that to happen how about this one how about we <laughs> totally mess with your reality where you cannot deny it anymore we'll start moving objects in your house and turning lights on and garbage disposals oh and let's just blow this up and throw out any logical reasoning possible that you can come up with please stop ignoring the truth of the matter that you are a highly sensitive, intuitive empath. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. Oh wow. Not fun. Yeah. 
I can relate with you actually because I I remember one it's only one thing I well actually I remember two things from when I was really young and then obviously I started to trust later down the line but there was one I remember sensing danger before it happened and yeah but I was like must have been two or three years old and I just remember briefly and then this situation happened basically it's it's not a very nice story like my first ever memory is seeing like we basically were attacked in um my parents owned a business we were attacked in the flat that we were living at the time and I sensed danger before it happened but obviously when you're a kid you don't really know what on earth's going on and I remember that feeling a bit frightened and then suddenly it all happened so quickly um and then another time I remember saying to my dad and it, I think I must have been about eight or nine years old I can't remember exactly it's around roughly then I know it was before I was 10 um my dad um some of his friends were going out to help some um with some religious thing and they invited him to come um and join them for a few days and I remember saying to my dad he wasn't supposed to go but he just decided because somebody somebody else like cancelled and I remember saying as a kid to him saying don't go I could sense danger and he was like no no no, I'll be fine I'm like no 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 don't go don't go stay stay and he was like no 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 I'm gonna go it's a good thing it's a good deed and then a few days later they had a car accident and I didn't see my dad for six months because he has he was in hospital and my parent well, my mom and dad didn't want us to see in that state and he had three metal um plates in his arms and yeah so like oh there was gosh. pockets of things and I remember like other things like I just remember sensing certain things and one time watching the I think we were watching the news once when I was six and I remember sat there going I want a better life and like I heard a voice it wasn't even me it was something else and I was like huh <laughs> wow yeah wow. this this is a thing that people don't understand like we have this inner psyche I, and I know these were both quite serious and but it just shows like how young age like we get taught to ignore that voice so we just think oh it's nothing but really we see signs we are seeing those signs from a young age we just mm-hmm. choose well we allow society to tell us what is right and wrong really mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we dismiss them yeah yeah wow wow those are those are some really intense really yeah found experiences with your gifts yeah I'd say for some of the big ones uh, you know I you know it's hard to tell the difference between like what was my like channeling and psychic abilities and what was my empath abilities you know because it kind of all I feel like it all blends together yeah. <laughs> but I remember some of the empath things is I remember just like always taking on everyone's emotions so deeply and I remember thinking like why do I have to feel like as horrible as they feel where I'm like crying and feel like I'm like so hopeless when I'm around people who are feeling that way like why am I why do I have to take that on and like hold on to that and I remember conceptualizing this like a really little kid and being like this is like crazy like do people as everyone feel this way like how do people turn this off (laughs) wow yeah, that just shows, right? Like you've already been questioning from a young age. Like, is this right? Is this wrong? But again, mm-hmm. did you ever like speak to somebody about it or did you kind of like like myself just keep it all in? You know, I, I would I would try to you know, talk to my mom about it. But, you know, when, when you're not raised by parents who are empaths or even know what more so don't know what being an empath means, it yeah. often just gets overlooked or, you know, like dismissed. And it teaches us to dismiss our experiences, our feelings, our beliefs, ourself. And, um, you know, that's how 
that's, I think, the root of why empaths become disempowered is because, well, it's one of the three reasons. One, that's what I call like the empath trauma of just uh, whatever the extreme is of gaslighting or, or dismissal, yeah. but basically teaching them that they can't trust, they uh, can't stay connected because it's uncomfortable, and um, what they know isn't right, and so they don't know. So it creates mm-hmm. a conditioning around, I can't trust, I can't connect, I don't know. And so you'll hear those three stories with empaths a lot in their life and how they exist because they're trained and taught or through like negative or I should say um, uncomfortable experiences as a child that kind of condition that that pendulum swing in the other direction. Yeah I feel like for me it started when I went to school like I stopped starting I stopped listening to my voice and it was like the teacher's right you're wrong Mm -hmm. mum and dad right you're wrong so if I hurt myself oh no no it's nothing but really it'd be a big thing but oh no 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 it's nothing and so that became part of my oh it's nothing like my stuff isn't important oh maybe it's all in my head I remember that from a young age just thinking it's all my fault (laughs) god yeah Right. Like that's how we feel. Right. I don't know about for you, but for me, I always felt like I was the problem. I was the one with the issues when really it was I was absorbing everybody else's stuff and wasn't being able to hear my own voice. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I mean, there's just like a magnitude of layers on that of like, all right, one, you're being conditioned to trust your experience. Two, you're feeling things that are not yours. So you don't know how to process it or transmute it. Three, you try to talk about anyone and no one's going to understand it, get it, see the logic behind it, because once again, it's not yours. (laughs) And it's just like, it creates this cycle of, yeah, the, the, wow, like, now, you know, that's it. (laughs) It's like, I I don't know with you, but with me, like, um, when I was in relationships where I was cheated on, like, I knew when they had cheated, but I chose to ignore my intuition. And I let, I just carried on until like, it just broke apart and then the truth would come out and I'd be like oh why didn't I listen to that voice what's wrong with me (laughs) yeah you know similar experience I I feel like I because you know being highly sensitive you're likely more likely to be highly anxious from all the energy you're experiencing so I had a really difficult time differentiating the difference between paranoia and intuition Mm -hmm. and so I would have experiences like that and I'm like I would, I would fixate, I would fixate and like dwell and, you know, be told I was wrong and then later, you know, discover that I'm right. But like, it, it kind of reinforced that, like the paranoia, but also, you know what I mean? Like it yeah. just kind of blurred the lines, I should say, between the paranoia and the intuition. Oh, wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know like with me, like it was, oh, it was when I had like my awakening that's when my inner voice started and I I think we briefly kind of talked about it last time but like it was when I was sat in the hospital um waiting for my cancer test results and I remember thinking like feeling for my sorry for myself like why why has this happened to me what why do I deserve this what have I done and I heard the voice you created all this and I remember looking around like the waiting room like who said that and I'm like oh my gosh and I'm thinking am I going nutty (laughs) and then I go, I go and get my results and obviously they misdiagnose me and then I run out of the hospital crying because it was like an, a massive like emotional release and then I heard it's time to heal and again I looked around outside I'm like 
who is this person? Where is this coming from? Like, am I losing the plot? Do I need to see the doctor? But I, you know, I went home and I started writing my story. That's how I, I, I saw, I saw my patterns and my journey kind of led that way. But that was the, that was the awakening of my inner voice. But it took obviously a few more years to really strengthen it. But yeah, what was your like awakening moment where you heard your inner voice? You know, I had a few of them and ignored them. Mm. Um, and I, I think I told the story last time of, of the time that I really woke up when I, I survived that, um, you know, survived that attempt to end my life. And that was my wake up moment of like, oh, wow, like, I, I guess I can't bail on this life. There's <laughs> something <laughs> for me to do here. <laughs> yeah. I, and I think, um, you know, it was really just that whole time. I think it was beyond just that moment because there was so much going on uh with my my gifts you know like they were unmanaged and they were becoming so extreme that I had to self-medicate and um Mm -hmm. you know like with drugs and alcohol whatever I could to just like try to like tone down the voices and tone down the the sensitivities and the experience and you know it got to the point where I just was numb you know I feel like I really disassociated from my body from my experience and I'm like there's something it's like I was able to disconnect enough where I felt like I was finally able to be open to my guides and like hear that you know like I feel like I really had to hit rock bottom um and like dwell in it and like keep hitting it before I was like okay maybe I am worthy of something more maybe there is something more maybe these things that I'm hearing are true and like maybe I should just take the leap Ah, oh, wow. Yeah, it, it, I, I, I'm, I relate with you on that. It, it's almost like if you don't hit, listen to the small signs, then you're going to get a bigger sign. Yes. <laughs> it's like, exactly. hello, are you not listening? <laughs> yeah, you're not going to get around this one. We're just going to keep throwing it in your face until you feel it hard enough. <laughs> yeah. And it's so amazing. I don't know if you feel this the same, but when you start hearing the inner voice, it you know, you first you're like, oh, this is weird. Then you start testing it out and you like pay att- you pay att- like you're paying attention to it. But then you tell others and they're like, oh, there's something wrong with you. Oh, there's something wrong in your head. Oh, maybe you need to go see the doctor. You know, that's not very good to have those voices inside your your head. Yep. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that <laughs> reminds me of like the couple friends that I told. I mean, I I was right there with him. I'm like, I could tell they thought I was going crazy. Like that. I like was like having a, like a, um, like a, like a breakdown, like a mental breakdown. And I was right there with them. Like, yeah, logically that totally makes sense. And like, I think that too, but for whatever reason, like this experience was real, like this actually happened. And, um, I just remember their faces and like, you know, how they, how they would treat me. And, um, you know, gently, but like I could tell that they were like, yeah, this stuff is not true. And like, she's, she's breaking, like she's done too many drugs or something. (laughs) Like she needs help. And, um, you know, and I, I think what really helped was actually leaving that environment. Yeah. When I moved, when I left and I, I think that that was like my leap. And I, I think that I really believe that the guides like orchestrated it divinely for me to meet a community of people who like, believed me, understood me, and that allowed me to start believing and understanding myself and open me up to the experiences in a way that was like not judgmental, but self-compassionate and curious and like willing to learn and grow as opposed to like continuously like feeling like the victim or not believing it or, Mm. um, you know, betraying myself and disempowering myself and like just going through those loops, you know, like 
you feel it, you spiral, you disconnect, you need like two whole days to replenish and then you're at it again. Like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. I think it's like, it's more like when we're, and when we're like the unawakened empath, we're around toxicity anyway. So whatever we think or feel others will just shut us down instead of like having that empathy or understanding or they haven't even done their own inner work so they're not even going to understand this they just think this is normal right oh this is normal just numb it have a drink take some (laughs) drugs or you know take some medication you'll be fine you'll be all right it's always about numbing the pain whereas when you awaken as like as we call it the empowered empath it's like bing Uh and it's like you realize that a lot of the things that you're around the situations and surroundings and the people that you're around have their own trauma and their own toxicity and actually you can't grow in that environment because a you don't know you don't know about protecting your energy at that point b you don't know about boundaries and c you need to be in a space where it's like you said compassion love understanding empathy people who get you yeah safe that's right that's the word safe and I felt the same, like I, you know, as we spoke last time, like I was drinking alcohol, like there was no tomorrow, like that was my way of numbing the pain. <laughs> um, that was just me trying to deal with it instead of facing what I was feeling. Um, and I did that for years. It's been, yeah, it's been, wow, it's nearly eight years sober. Wow. <laughs> oh, well, congratulations. That's, that's really big. Yeah. And it's the best decision I made because with, with empaths, as you know, like any type of thing that's not natural actually takes us away from our intuition it, uh-huh. it it makes us feel like we're not good enough that's what I feel when I used to drink it it was like I, I wasn't worthy of loving myself so this was something in the middle to make uh-huh. me feel something but not <laughs> it's hard to explain yeah no I totally get it you know it even it opens your energy up more it's you know being highly sensitive too. you know being like everything is felt more like that doesn't matter if it's just you know one drink half a drink doesn't matter if it's like have a dose of whatever like you're gonna feel it so much more yeah. that like it's hard to really manage and like it, there it's there's this it's hard to moderate when you're so sensitive mm. you know because there's it's you're already any little bit already a lot <laughs> yeah <laughs> And I was going to say, like, even like, so we get once we like be surrounded by these people that who understand us and get us even that journey, we're still trying to hear our voice. But then obviously we have the inner work and there's like stuff that we need to clear. And then when we start hearing the voice, it can be quite freaky. <laughs> I don't know if it was for you, but it was for me. I, I heard my grandma's voice and I was like, what? Hello? <laughs> Is it me? <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, I, that. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just gonna say I speak to my ancestors now, so it, it's like it's like normal now, and like uh, it's my way of channeling and talking to them. But before I, you know, if I try to explain that to somebody, phew. yeah, yeah, totally right. <laughs> you know, that was um, it's a boundary that I put up pretty fast because uh, the hearing really freaked me out and would totally trigger me and spiral me into like disconnect and like paranoia freak out right so that was one of the boundaries I I put up really quick with channeling was I don't want to actually hear your voice you know I don't want to actually see you because that freaks me out but these are the ways that you can communicate with me that make me that like or feel safe for me and I feel like I'm able to stay in my power and communicate because hearing a voice that yeah that's freaky like it totally freaked me out and I felt um I felt that feeling of like like 
lack of control or lack of like safety, you know? Um, and I don't, maybe it's not your experience because that's, that's how you channel. That's how you feel safe channeling. But for me, it was like, that was too much for me, uh, that I had to put up really strong boundaries of like, okay, I'll communicate, but like only in these ways. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because like, I, I get what you mean. Cause it was freaky for me in the beginning. I was like, what the hell is wrong with me? Like, do I need to take medication? I honestly felt like that. I think it's, we already don't feel safe as it is. And then now we're hearing something else and it's like, oh, is this real or is it in my head? Because we've been taken so away, like far from the truth that we don't know what is true anymore. So is this real? Is this fake? Am I hearing it? Is it fabricated? So I understand that totally. Yeah. 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 And and, and everybody's way of, of receiving is different too, mm. you know, and, and, and what they feel safe with. Like, that's so cool to hear that that's how you were channeling and you like got, you conditioned yourself to feel safe in that. And now you use that that modality and that, and that way uh, of, you know, like that psychic gift to channel and connect with your ancestors. Like it's so powerful where like, for me, it's, mm-hmm. I, I like to do the visual, you know, inside mm-hmm. my mind or, you know, like the downloaded knowing or like the body sensation, like those feel safe to me. And so those are the ways that I've allowed myself to, to develop. And those are the psychic senses that I use to connect with, you know, my guides and my clients guides. Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah, I thank you for sharing that because it's so true. Everybody has a different way of connecting with their guides, whether that's your ancestors or it's angels or whatever works for you. It, it's it, that's your gift. And again, like there is no wrong or wrong or right way about this. Yeah. It's about trusting what you were given in this world to have and to guide you with. Yeah, yeah, and 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 allowing yourself. So something that I that I work with my clients that like I hear a lot is like they think that if they put up boundaries and they're like cutting off their their channeling ability or their like mm-hmm. ability to like communicate with their guides or their ancestor or who they're communicating with and like and I think that that's that's a wound of an empath because we were taught like boundaries aren't nice and we need to be yeah. nice and like you know like this quote unquote nice not kind kind of thing and it like kind of spills in these different areas for life including with you know including with the energy world and in the spirit world and that's not as an empath like it's essential it's it's imperative that we have the boundaries that we put those up that we honor them we honor our energy first so that when we do open up we're we're doing it in a way that honors our energy that doesn't deplete it that we're channeling in and calling in only the highest and that it's on our terms so it isn't disempowering us that's beautiful yeah that's so true wow wow yeah so like when you you know you started to hear the voices and like you put the boundaries how did you then were able to just trust in it more I actually think by setting the boundaries and then being honored I was started to actually feel safer because I was like, okay, cool. Like I can set this. And if I believe this boundary, that is energy. And that's actually happening. Like I was able to kind of like, without really knowing, cause I didn't really know anyone or like do any research or read any books. Like I didn't know that this existed. Um, and so for me, it was like kind of all trial and error that I, when I put the boundaries up and then when I was like still scared of them and didn't believe in them, I saw that it would happen anyways. And then <laughs> when I would really hold that boundary and like kind of get mad about it, you know, like, no, these are my boundaries. And like I held my ground. I felt that I felt more confident in that. And that became the energy that was being put off of like, this is the truth. This boundary is here. And they were honored. 
And so it was kind of this like test, like the more that I really trusted and was confident in what I was saying and the boundaries I was setting, that's when they would be honored. And that's kind of how I started figuring out energy. I was like, oh, it's not actually what you say or what you think. It's really the energy behind it. Mm-hmm. And so that helped me kind of create and start trusting those boundaries, which then allowed me to feel safe and confident and trusting the channelings, the experiences that I was having, um, you know, the sensitivities, the, the premonitions. I was able to trust them a lot more and feel safer with them because I started calling my power back with it. Mm, like, wow. you know, really calling in and like using it on demand instead of it happening to me, you know? Yeah, I get you. Yeah, wow. For me, it was it was a bit different. It was like in the sense I was hearing these things. I was like, am I going mad? What's wrong with me? I'd share it. People would be like, something's wrong with you. And then I, try, I started changing my circle and like going to more like spiritual events, still trying to figure it out. And then noticing things when they happened, when I'd hear, hear stuff and I'd be like, oh, okay, this is my inner voice. I need to trust it. And then like kind of like yourself test trialed it. And then when I was around people who understood it, then people started because what happened was one of my friends at the time I heard her grandfather's voice and it freaked me out and I said I don't know why but I need to I, I need it and I and I called her up and she was at work at the time and I was like I've got a message for you and I don't know if this is real like if it's in my head um but your grandfather said this to me and she goes that's so weird because it's actually his birthday today and I was like oh I was like oh I was like this is real like <laughs> Yeah, so it strengthened your confidence in it. Yeah, but then the, the the flip side was that then everybody started to ask me loads of questions and it was like, it doesn't work like that, people. Like, it happens when it's supposed to be. So then I had to slowly put boundaries with certain people for them to understand that I can't constantly be keep channeling this because even I didn't know how I was channeling it. It was just coming through me. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I started to learn about boundaries and, like, you know, um, saying no to things and really just, like, knowing when and when not to say things um but it just kept getting stronger and stronger and it was actually it got actually more stronger um when I had my kidney operation when I woke up and funny enough this is why we are called the inner light projects because we all have a light within I heard that that was the first thing I heard from my grandma I was like whoa I was like okay and at the time the podcast was called um get inspired with girls I was like nope it's the inner light (laughs) wow amazing and it just got stronger and stronger and then like unfortunately my uncle passed away and I heard my granddad's voice and like I'd never met him he passed away my mum was really young and he told me and then I had to ask somebody is this true and they verified and I was like whoa so that's like how I started to then slowly trust it and you know I now whenever I need to talk to them I talk to them and it's just it's it's a friendly way so it's like it kind of like yourself I have my boundaries and protection and like when I want to hear it I'll ask when I don't, I'm like, no, thank you. It depends where I am. Yeah. Oh, interesting. That, that, that reminds me of like, yeah, I didn't know how to do it on command. It was just random for a while, probably for the first five years of like developing my channel. I, it was only when like it happened to me, you know, not when it was on my, on my command. And it was actually a mentor of mine. I was actually personally training him at the time. Oh, wow. <laughs> he challenged me. I know, like, how the universe works, right? Um, Amazing. <laughs> I know. It's so crazy. Like, somewhere random in Michigan. Um, and he, you know, I was explaining my stuff. He's like, oh, you're, you're a channel. And I, I didn't really know what that meant. I was just doing this work. Um, and on the, you know, like, this is what I did for energy healing and, like, what came up when I was in the session with them. And, and he was like, oh, why don't you try to call someone individually? Like, call in. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, it doesn't work that way. And he's like, well, just try it. 
and I tried it and I was like, oh my God, I actually have that power. Yeah. Um, so crazy to, to like see the evolution of that, of like, oh wow, like to learn it before understanding like what it's called, you know, I was like, oh, I'm a medium and I like read energy and like, yeah. you know, talk to people's ancestors and this kind of stuff. But, you know, like really understanding what a channel is and then like kind of becoming even more empowered of it, in it and beginning to learn like, oh, it isn't just on their terms. Like you get to choose mm. who and what and when and where and like how. <laughs> and it gets lighter because you're aware and like you said, you you take the power. Um, yeah. Like it's, it's on your terms, it becomes easier. So like with my clients now, when we're in the space and I'm holding the space for healing, I will call in one of their ancestors. It's usually one of the female ancestors and that person will come through and they feel them. Whereas before that wouldn't happen, it would be very like heavy and, you know, it's, it's, and then I can ask them like, you know, thank you. And then like they can now leave. Um, it's so much more easier to deal with. Whereas before, phew, I didn't know what the hell I was doing <laughs> in the sense, like with my own stuff, like I didn't understand it. I was like, what is, I'd sit there for hours, like, is this all made up? Or like I'd hear somebody else's like grandma or something. And I'd be like, eh, what is going on here? Like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, right? Oh, it can it can be, you know, it's so funny because looking back on it, like now yeah. being comfortable and safe, it's like, oh wow, that's so magic. But like actually going back into that time, it was like, this isn't this isn't magic. This is scary. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's what it is, right? Because we've had so many years, like we were saying, like of not being able to trust ourselves. So even when the magic comes through at that point, we don't even know how to trust even the magic. Because mm-hmm. it doesn't feel safe, and because we're taught that it's not safe, you know, and it's. Yeah, and in my background, I think you talked about this too, I, I was raised Catholic, and so mm. it was like anything that was supernatural at all, I was told it was black magic, and I was shamed for it, and like was told to not like do it and tap into it, so like on top of already feeling like no one really understands it, I was also told that like that's demonic and like, you know, um, black magic, and that like I'm bad mm. for have, like do, being like being sensitive, basically, like, they wouldn't say it directly, but basically saying like, oh, your gifts are actually demonic, and like, it's Ooh. against our religion. Oh, God. I know. <laughs> it's almost like, you know, when you have the intuition, like, moment with somebody who doesn't get it, and they call you a witch, and you're like, hmm, am I really a witch? Or is it just like, <laughs> I'm tapping into my own inner power? Hmm. <laughs> right, right. Oh, I know. Yeah, that, that uh, definitely created a lot of, I think, really essential, um, questioning that that needed to happen yeah you know discernment I should say for me well I think all of like all of us who've ever grown up in religion it's like we we are spoon-fed how we need to act or behave in life but I really don't think religion is like that I think it's a way of life but it doesn't shun other people for their own beliefs it it accepts them for who they are and their own beliefs whether they follow that is a different story Mm mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah it's the difference of you know like the openness that like yeah. spirituality can have versus the like closed off very like uh certain way of being um structure that some you know that religion can be yeah but that's a man-made thing I'm, I'm I'm definitely feel like religion is love it's just certain people misconstruing things <laughs> yeah right the intentions there you know it yeah. just then over time evolves to being more um and 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 not all entirely you know I don't even want to put that label on it but it has definitely over time a lot of them have been created to be more of like more restrictive than you know the expansiveness that they intended to be Mm, absolutely 
I want to talk to you about like confidence with empaths because like I don't know with, like with yourself but for me growing up oh, my confidence was just like up down up down up down because I wasn't being able to trust my intuition so my confidence would go down when somebody would say no no that's wrong or would like shun right. me yeah gaslighted yeah yeah no I um that's a, that's a huge one for empaths like the confidence and the certainty and the trust in yourself like that is deep rooted so deep rooted and I feel like it even goes beyond like your lifetime it's just like every mm-hmm. every empath like we're all connected <laughs> like you're just like holding the collective empath wins here too I honestly this is something that I am still witnessing myself peel back layers like yeah. I didn't claim myself as a leader like legitimately I've been a, a leader for many many years and I didn't claim myself as a leader until like a year and a half or two years ago what? Like, that's crazy I know and yeah. I like I, I feel like every other month I'm noticing another layer peel back and I'm becoming more confident and I and I share this to to show like this is an ever going journey. You know, you're not mm-hmm. just like confident or not confident. It's something that you, it, especially as empaths, like you're just going to have to continue to peel layers back and step into it and continue to lean into that confidence because even me, you know, like I've, I've been, I've been working on this for a very long time. This is the work that I do with other people. I'm still noticing it. And I, 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 I found ways that work for me. Like when I am in the energy of this is actually so powerful. I, I think that everyone needs to hear this. Some ways that I like has helped me with um, getting more confidence is I, I understand the systems that work for me. So I will hire a coach or I'll like be in a container that expands mm-hmm. me and it kind of tests my views on myself, you know, or, or tests like my ego's like beliefs of what's possible. And that <laughs> way it kind of like, kind of like cracks that illusion and opens the vision and also my energy to what's possible and like what's next or what my next level might look like. And I think this is so important for empaths because we do, even if we have our boundaries up and we master our energy, we're still so sensitive to what's around us and things still filter in. So the power of proximity is so freaking powerful that we really do want to surround ourselves with not just people that get us and believe in us that see our light and that make us feel good and expansive, but also surround ourselves with people that, that are going to pull us towards Mm -hmm. the direction we want to grow. Yeah, absolutely. And like a lot of people, like, I don't think realize is that even we as leaders, we are still working on ourselves. We're still growing and evolving so then we can help more and more people, but Mm -hmm. it does take a village. (laughs) absolutely it's not done by ourselves like you know that's the reason why a lot of us stay stuck as empaths because we're just like oh we we know we'll figure it out we'll figure it out but really it's so much harder and we both have done and I remember our last conversation we both did the work separately we didn't we didn't take the help in the beginning because we didn't know who to ask right and then exactly oh that bit's the hard process as it is Well, that's a really big part is empaths feel really safe and comfortable giving, but they don't feel safe and comfortable receiving. Mm -hmm. And that includes receiving help, investing in themselves, receiving coaching, receiving anything like it's really uncomfortable. And that's a paradigm that like is essential that is broken first and foremost, because if we can't receive, we really can't give to our, our soul's potential in a way that is soul nourishing instead of draining. It's it's important that we allow ourselves to receive so that we're able to give from a full cup always. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's because 
when we don't listen to our intuition, then that's where the lack of confidence comes in. And that's where everything else like comes in as well. Right. Um, but when we expand our inner voice, the confidence comes through, the intuition comes through, then we're able to ask for help. But again, it's at the beginning, it's like, oh, I don't really want to, what's the word? Um, burden them <laughs> yeah that's it right like oh, I don't I, I don't want to like overstep your toes or anything and like can I ask you a question but it's almost like being a child like I don't want to upset yeah. you <laughs> right right it's yeah again like honoring everyone else's energy before like you know like your own and you know it's good to honor Phil's energy but it's like to a fault where it's like you're not honoring your energy at all you know like people really do enjoy what I remind myself of and tell my my clients is like you know how much you love to help someone? Like, don't you just like feel so lit up when you help someone? Mm. When you don't ask for help, you're robbing that person of that opportunity to feel good Ooh. and helpful and Ooh. to build that connection. Ouch. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that is so true. Yeah, you're robbing them of, of sharing your gifts with them. Like, yeah. Yes. Oh. Wow. Yes, I know. (laughs) And we all want to serve. Like, I really do believe that, like, I'll say 99% of people really want to be helpful and, like, be of service and, like, and have that genuine connection. And, um, and when we just do everything ourselves and, like, don't want to burden people and, like, kind of stay in our own world, we're, we're, of course, like, not giving them that opportunity to really show up and, like, lead and share their gifts. But we're also just, like, continuously reinforcing this old structure living that will keep us from really expanding and growing into the desire that, 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 that purpose that we want to step into. We have to step out of our comfort zone. We have to take that leap of faith. We have to expose ourselves to something that's like edgy, you know, that's like where we want to go. That's uncomfortable. So we can break that illusion and break those habits around like the comfort zone and let ourselves really lean into and access this full soul potential of living out our purpose. Mm. It's almost like giving your, your yourself permission to shine your inner light. It's giving yourself permission to say yes to your life, giving yourself permission to trust the process, right? That is a hundred percent it. You said it perfectly. Yes. Yeah. It's whew, that just took me back actually when you were saying that. I was like, oh my God, I remember like when I was like so scared to do my blog, so scared to share that I was a coach, so scared I was to share that I was a leader. It's like, oh right. but I don't want to offend anybody. Or maybe I should put this quote up. Maybe I shouldn't <laughs> Right. Like who am I to do this or say that, right? Yeah. Oh my God. Now it's like, nope. I'm, the reason I do it is to help others so that's the most important thing and I know it's going to help it helped me it's going to help somebody else so that's why I share it yes. oh, I love that I love that truly of service and aligned service provider yeah because like we know what it's like as an empath to go through the emotions alone like I just want others to know that they have support that they can get through it they just need to know the tools and understand their energy and it's not always about how we think it needs to be done it's it's helping them to understand their own energy so they can then be able to to hold the boundaries and understand how their energy system works it's not about follow this plan and that's it it's like no enhance your intuition trust yourself love yourself start to understand who you are I think that's what is key that is it exactly 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 it's it's really giving the tools to to provide them the opportunity to take back their power and feel more confident and aligned and feel at home in their body Mm. and in their energy yeah 
I want to talk to you about, um, I just think it's really important to share, <laughs> um, the difference between empathy and an empath. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the way I've, I've channeled it in is there's a spectrum. So the way I see it is the way that it was channeled in was humans are on this big spectrum here and empathy is on the spectrum. It's the empathy spectrum. And in one side of it, the very far side of it is a highly sensitive empath and the other far end of it is a sociopath. They do not have the ability to to have empathies. They don't have your neurons, so they're not going to understand somebody else's experience. So that's like a hundred percent full-blown sociopath because you can have sociopathic tendencies, but still be empathetic and not be like a hundred percent. So I'd say that's where empathy actually starts is like one degree off of that line. And then as you move towards the center, empathy grows and grows and grows up into that middle point, which is where an average human lies, an average human amount of empathy that we have. So everybody, not everybody, but majority of people have empathy. Yeah. different than being an empath so if you continue moving down that line down that spectrum mm-hmm. of empathy you move towards being an empath and empathy begins to grow but it starts to also kind of translate beyond emotions but into energy into experience mm-hmm. and so the further and further you move down that line you hit being an empath where they're highly they might not be highly sensitive but they might be empathetic where they have like a lot of empathy they feel things they take things on continue down that spectrum, you're going to have a highly sensitive empath who is, you know, highly sensitive to light, sound, experience, um, everything. And then further (laughs) down that, you'll find the highly sensitive, intuitive, you know, spiritually gifted empath who has, they're highly sensitive, they're spiritually sensitive, they're highly empathetic, all of the things like on the farthest end of that spectrum. Wow. Yeah. I totally relate with what you're saying. Yeah. It's like you don't even know boundaries when you're an empath. Like you you care, but you care so much to the point it actually damages you, but you don't realize that other people have boundaries and they will put theirs in place. Whereas with Mm -hmm. us, it's like we didn't grow up learning about boundaries. We didn't understand how our boundaries were. It was more other people's boundaries. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I call it the the amoebic auric field of an empath. (laughs) You know, like we're just like born without that, that boundary where we just, we're like an amoeba. We just absorb everything around us without even realizing. And so we put the boundaries up and create that, that, um, that outer shell around our auric field. That's just a natural part of being an empath is that absorption of what's around us. Mm, Absolutely. Gosh, wow. Time went so fast. (laughs) I just want to say thank you again, Ashley, for being on the show. And yeah, I know it was quite intense today, but I feel like it was so needed to share just like how you when you trust your intuition and you trust your inner voice as an empath, life just becomes abundant and it's not as hard anymore and it's free and it's it's just so easy to just be able to just trust yourself more than ever. Oh, nearly like life becomes so magical and special and you begin to really see that being an empath is a gift it's a privilege it's just like really incredible extra little superpower that you get as a human yeah thank you so much again thank you thank you for having me this is such a pleasure as always to speak with you thank you thank you thank you thank you Ashley for just being yourself and just sharing your truth with us all because I think you're not alone. There are so many empaths like yourself who 
I'm not sure what's going on with them, but really it's a, it's a realization to come back home to yourself and trust the wisdom from within and trust that you know yourself better than anybody else. Unfortunately, that's the end of the show. Before I leave, I want to leave you with this quote. No, I'm not insulted at all when people call me sensitive. Feeling things deeply is my superpower. I'm an empathetic badass. That's a quote by sweetpantsandcoffee.com. For more information about the show or how to trust your inner light, visit my new coaching program at girdshandle.com. And remember, stay happy, stay healthy, stay lit. lit.